0: Four-man front, receiver motion, low snap, he runs and he throws, caught, touchdown, it's caught, Hartman caught the ball, the Chiefs have won, the Chiefs have won! This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. the Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills.
1: cliches in sports i'm not sure if there is another department of life where there's as many cliches used as often as there is in sports i'm thinking like politics like maybe if you listen to a politician speak like there's a lot of cliches in politics I'm trying to think of other career fields other, uh, I guess, widely discussed topics, just other departments of life. I think that's, that's the word I chose. I think that's the correct word. Think of all the different departments we have in our lives. I don't think there's a department that uses cliches as often as we do in sports. Maybe politics. I don't think I'm missing something. I think it's sports. So much so where I've actually, like, started to just use cliches, like, as a bit. Like, I just love saying fan is short for fanatic because so many people in sports say that as as if it's like a groundbreaking idea. Well, fan is short for fanatic. It's like yeah, everyone says that. Right or it's hard to win in this league. Every coach in every league has ever said. Find me a league where it's not hard to win. Like they're all, it's all difficult. It's a competition every league. clichés all over sports and the baseball clichés especially this time of year. Oh, there's a lot of them, right? And you talk about pitchers and catchers report. Man, I just love hearing the sound of the the ball popping against the mitt. Love the sound of the ball hitting the bat. Ooh, I love it. Or, you know, this time of year, I just, I just like seeing clips of spring training. It's just nice to have baseball back on the radio or on the TV. Helps warm me up, right? I look forward to, to, to warmer weather ahead and longer days, right? These cliches. I got to admit, though, all of the cliches about spring training are very accurate. Like, I see a little clip that the Brewers put on Twitter or on Facebook of, a ball hitting a glove like here's William Contreras catching two pitches. And I see that. I'm like, you hear, you hear that sound? It's true. It's very, very, very true. So as as obnoxious, I think, as we are in sports sometimes about the cliches and how often we use cliches. Baseball did it right. The, the cliches that they developed over the years in, in baseball, especially this time of year, they hit. What can I say? It's the best cliches in life are the ones about baseball and spring training especially especially when you live in a a colder weather city or state like we do as brewer fans in wisconsin this is the wisco sports show my name is grant bills happy friday never miss a friday show i hope your week is wrapping up nicely looking forward to a fun weekend when we wrapped up uh, bill's show earlier today i told bill you know what do you got going on this weekend i was like oh actually the family's coming to visit my mom and dad are coming to town and gonna see my brother i think my sister's coming uh, and at the very end of the show, he's like, hey, Grant, enjoy the family this weekend. And I go, I'll do my best. And I don't know why I said that. I immediately stopped myself. I'm like, I, I don't know why I said that. I love my family. It, it will not be hard. It won't be a challenge to enjoy my fa- my family this weekend. I don't know why that's. Sorry, it's the end of the show. I was working on something else off to the side. I'm very excited to see my family. I'm looking forward to the weekend. No doubt. Hope you are as well. A lot to cover tonight. A little bit of a, a potpourri show. I think we're going to talk about the Bucks. I think we'll definitely talk about the Brewers. I want to talk about the Packers and Jordan Love and the NFL as well. Just the hits. We're going to play the hits tonight. I have some things to say about Jordan Love, inspired by a conversation that took place on Bill's show earlier today. So I want to do that sooner rather than later. We've been saving football discussions for the second half of the show. I want to mix it up just a little bit tonight. So we'll get to Jordan Love, I think, here in just a couple of minutes. It's some things I want to say. Again, a conversation inspired by... By some things that were said on Bill's show earlier today. I think in the last hour, in the one o'clock hour. So that's coming up in just a few minutes. Take your calls tonight as well. I'll open up the phone lines after our first break. 608-321-1670. I am on Twitter as well. You can always reach out, not just during the show, but hit me up on Twitter at Wisco Grant. The Bucs lost last night. Um really all I wanted, I, I'm not a difficult man to please. All I wanted going into last night is just like win. Just win. It doesn't even have to be pretty. Just win. You can cling to life against a Grizzlies team without all of their starters, basically playing a G League squad. Just win. It doesn't have to be pretty. I don't have to feel good about it. Just win. So I don't have to take a super negative loss and super negative vibes into the all-star break. That's it. That's all I I required. Just get a D minus. I don't care. But pass the class. Just pass. Just pass. Just get a win against a team you should definitely beat. And they lost. It's just like, oh god. What, what do you want me to say? What what do you actually want me to say about this Bucks team that hasn't already been said? Oh, they're not putting putting forward an effort on defense. Oh, they they look like they don't even want to be out there. They look like their mind is somewhere else. They're not executing on offense. Damian Lillard doesn't look comfortable. Uh, Doc Rivers, what does he even do here? We've we've done all these conversations. We've had all these conversations. We've said all of the things. What do, you, what do you want me to say? It's 4.07. I'm 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 quite literally, I'm quite truly out of things to say about the Milwaukee Bucks today. We barely made it five minutes into the show. One tweet that I saw today that I bookmarked, because I'm like, ah, that's, that's really well put. That's actually a great way of boiling down what's wrong with the Bucks right now. It's from Jackson Frank, who writes about the NBA. I think he, where does he write? Basketball Insiders. Okay, I wanted to tip my cap. I'm looking at his Twitter account. He actually has a very nice mustache, which I can respect and appreciate as well. He tweeted last night, the Bucks were 32 and 14 and 3 games back of the Celtics for the one seed when Doc took over. We should also give credit to Joe Prunty. That wasn't just Adrian Griffin, there were two games of Joe Prunty in there as well. Now they're 35 and 21 and closer to the play-in than they are to the Celtics. It's the follow-up tweet to this one that I think really, really boils down the Bucks issues. We could we could meander, you know, I could rant and rave and say this and that, and we could spend the next 15 minutes on the Bucs. I could not, if I took the rest of the show to talk about the Bucs, could not boil it down this well and this concisely. Again, this is from Jackson Frank. He said, they really miss Middleton. Dame has been on a terrible cold spell. The execution level seems super poor, even if the ideas are theoretically better with Doc Rivers. All of the th- the, th- the theories, right the scheme, the ideas, the things that they are running better. It's been an improvement. They're still executing like absolute ass. I don't think the scheme, I don't think the theory behind the the 2023, 2024 bucks, I don't think it was good under Adrian Griffin. I also don't know if they executed it really well because I, to be honest, I don't know what the Bucks were doing on a night-to-night basis. I don't think Bucks players knew what they were doing on a night-to-night basis, which makes it hard to execute. But I I, I don't know if if they were running things and running schemes and running ideas that were executable. And that's why Adrian Griffin got fired. He, it wasn't going well, right? Bucks brass obviously didn't believe. Well, if they just followed Adrian Griffin's plan and they just executed, we'd be fine. They obviously didn't think that. They wouldn't have fired a coach you know, two months into his first season of his, of his contract with the Bucks, I think the theory, the concepts are better now. They're just not executing. They miss Middleton. Dame is ice cold. And they're not executing, which is a bummer because Giannis looks as good as he's ever looked. Giannis looks unbelievable, which is why I'm a little frustrated. Look, you want to rip the Bucks this week? Go to town. Voices on First Take or NBA Today or on Cowherd, whoever, any national voice on radio or TV wants to rip the bucks, have at it. They deserve it. Okay. Bill absolutely slammed him for the first 20 minutes of the show, and I think it was well deserved. You can slam the bucks. I, I don't really know what your qualm with Giannis would be, though. I know he's the leader. I know he's the, the team's best player. I know he's won MVPs. I know he's won a finals MVP. I know the expectation for him is high. I, I, I genuinely do don't know what more you would want Giannis to do. He might just be playing the best basketball of his career right now. So I, I don't I don't really get like Kendrick Perkins on ESPN today. Well, actually, I have the audio. Let me play it. This is, this is what got me thinking. Like, I'll defend Giannis. I'm not going to defend a single other part of this team. Because I, I don't think they deserve it right now. Here's Kendrick Perkins. This is what I'm talking about with Giannis.
2: All right. So
3: Giannis really not holding back and all that. Perk, what do you make of his postgame comments?
2: Well, what's Giannis' excuse? Because at the end of the day, we know that he's going to be a guy that's going to go out there and give you 30. We know that he's going to be in the MVP conversation. But Giannis is also a player that every single season for the last four seasons has not only won Defensive Player of the Year, but has been in the conversation. Do you know since November, he's averaging less than a block a game? First of all, I got to pause it right here.
1: I don't pretend to be Mr. Analytics. Right, I, I I don't pretend to be Mister Advanced Metrics. I try like EPA per play, DVOA, like I try the, the generic stats, right, the big picture ones that are for the most part pretty widely accepted as a tool. They're not the end all be all EPA per play, DVOA, not the end all be all. They're a good measuring stick, and they're pretty widely accepted for having some utility. Some might believe in those stats more than others. But I think we can widely accept across the board whether you're pro analytics or whether you think numbers are ruining sports. No no matter where you stand. There's a lot of these advanced numbers that are pretty widely accepted on some level. Blocks per game since November. It makes it even funnier. Since November, blocks per game. Blocks tell you nothing about a defensive player's uh, effectiveness. You know who used to get a ton of... If you've listened to the show for a long time, this is an example that I brought up before. And this is a joke that we always make in my friend group. You know, he used to get a ton of blocks. Hassan Whiteside. You know who is an absolutely miserable defender? Hassan Whiteside. What's Giannis' excuse? He's lock, He's he is not even in a block
2: a game. Okay. Okay. Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. So I'll play the second half of this clip. 30 more seconds.
2: Giannis Antetokounmpo, the most dominant player in the game today is averages since November, less than one block a game. That's unacceptable. So it starts with him. When I think of Giannis and I think of Anthony Davis, I think of two of the uh, most you know dominant bigs defensively that could guard the perimeter and protect the basket. He hasn't done it. So in, in, before you start calling out everybody else, right, you got to make sure that you hold yourself accountable and do what you need to do and lead by example. I have
1: doubted the Bucks in many different ways this season. I think it'd be silly not to. Right, their own brass again. The ownership, the ownership doubted this team to such a degree they fired they fired Adrian Griffin before the All Star break of his first season as a head coach. Right, so so like if you believe long term the Bucks are going to be fine, cool, but don't look at this team and don't talk to me and be like, oh, actually this is all normal, this is all fine. Well, no, they they need to win some games. You lose to a shorthanded Heat team on the second night of a back to back, okay, but then you got to turn around and beat Memphis, right? Ty Windish, I think, our our friend who joined us earlier this week, Hero a Podcast, he tweeted last night. He's like, look, I know that there's extenuating circumstances. I know there's a lot going on with this team, but you got to win some of the games, right? You got to, like, we can't make an excuse every single night for this team why they're not winning. We have lots of doubts, lots of qualms, lots of nitpicks with this team. One nitpick that I don't have, I don't think I'll ever have, unless something drastically changes, is Giannis is not doing everything he can. Giannis is not leading by example. Giannis is not. Look, Giannis isn't looking to shift blame. Giannis is not trying to do less and then ask his teammates to do more. He's he's a walk-the-walk guy, which, by the way, we have so many years of evidence. Like, the stuff really isn't that hard. I guess if Kendrick Perkins thinks he has a smoking gun of Giannis since November is averaging less than a block a game, I, I don't really know what that has to do with the price of rice in Egypt, but... Whatever. Look, I'm not defending the Bucks. I'm not defending the Bucks. To make sure we're criticizing them the right way, right? I, I would like to be able to turn on the Bucks once in a blue moon and think, oh, they look interested in playing basketball tonight. Nice, good. I mean, Jesus you, you got to find a pro- you got to find a profession in America where the employees hate their job as much as NBA players sometimes seem to hate basketball. And it's really frustrating. I get home it's seven o'clock, worked a long day. Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't work a hard day. I work in radio. I'm not I'm not doing manual labor here. Long day. I was, I was at the office all day, you know, doing stuff on the morning show, doing stuff at Bill's show, then hanging around doing my show. You know, 20-minute commute. It's been dark since 4 p.m. I get home. It's like, all right, how am I gonna spend my my precious Couple of spare hours before bedtime, I'll watch the Bucks, and then I turn on the game, and it's like, oh, they don't even want to, they don't want to play. Why do I want to? Why do I want to watch? Can I play you a rant that Bill had earlier today? I saved it. I thought it was very, very, very good. I thought I thought he summed up a lot of my feelings about the Bucks. Here's
4: Bill from earlier today. Shout out to Bill. I thought he nailed this. Guys, it isn't the coach. It's not the coach. You can put whoever, whether it was Budenholzer, you can put adrian griffin you can put doc rivers it's not the coach it's the players lazy lazy uninterested players why in the hell do you want to go spend money on that product when they don't care why should you it's a lazy lame-ass product and they're winning games because they've got so much talent how many times have we seen these quote dream teams put together these teams with these superstars and they're going to roll and they're going to win it all and it, it very rarely happens. It's a lazy, lethargic, I, kudos to Doc Rivers. Half their minds were in Cabo. How do you have guys not even know what the hell the plays are? That is lazy. That is focus. I I don't even, you know, I, I was asked last night if, if Drew Holiday, would, if he was here, would this team be different? I don't think so. Maybe there's, I mean, we talk about it all the time. There's something to be said for chemistry inside a locker room. Maybe when Drew Holiday left, the, the chemistry inside a locker room went south. I, I don't know. But that is a lazy, lethargic, pathetic basketball team. I've said throughout this
1: year that the Bucks seemingly, when I watch, again, I'm just telling you what I see, the Bucks seemingly do as little as possible and to still win the game. You know what I mean? Like, they, they've eked out some of these wins. Obviously, last night they lost, but they, they battened down the hatches in the fourth quarter, fought back. It was very close at the end. They tied it. They might have taken the lead at, at one point in the last couple of minutes. I don't know. I was watching as lethargically as the players were playing. I can't even remember exactly what happened down the stretch. This team does the bare minimum, the bare minimum to still get wins, and that's a dangerous way to play because every once in a while, one of these teams is going to get hot and beat you. Grizzlies got hot last night, made a lot of shots. Still had no... Business beating this Bucks team, the G League Grizzlies, mm 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 mm, lethargic, lazy. like, man, look like you're excited to play basketball every once in a while. And I know the Nuggets on Monday night, great. And then they mailed it in against the Heat. A, a prideful competitive championship caliber team would not lay down for the heat on Tuesday. It was the second night of a back-to-back. Yeah, but the heat were dealing with their own travel issues and Jimmy Butler wasn't playing and the Heat are the team that twice in the last couple of years have taken your lunch money and, and embarrassed you in the playoffs. You have no pride. You're going to let that team come into your home. Oh, a second night of a back-to-back. You have no pride. You're going to let the heat waltz in and take your lunch money and embarrass you like that. And then come around a couple of days later after a chance to rest last game before the all-star break. And show up and give that effort against the Grizzlies. I just... I don't get it. And I, I don't really have a lot of sympathy. I'm not going to make excuses for the team. I know they've been through a lot. They haven't been through this much. I mean, come on. It's a G League team. Game that you gotta win. Going into the All-Star break. And they rolled that out there last night. I don't have much more to say. We'll start the show with the Bucks. I don't really have any interest in talking about them over the All-Star break. It'll be nice. We'll do NFL stories. Maybe get a jump start on the draft in the Combine. Maybe talk about spring training, but I'm really not interested in talking about the Bucks because they seemingly aren't really that interested in playing good basketball. So they don't have to be interested in playing good basketball. That's fine. That's their choice. It is now my choice to not talk about them or really spend that much energy as a fan thinking about them, following them, talking about them, reading about them. It's fine. Out of sight, out of mind. Why would I? Why would I? Why would I care? That's not. I'm not inspired when I watch them. It's like you know, I can't. I can't wait to get to work tomorrow. Or talk about the Bucs. Why? You're giving us no reason. Three minutes. We'll come back. Continue the Wisco Sports Show next.
0: This is the WISCO Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show, a little breaking news. Ooh, this is just exactly what tonight's show needed. Keston Hira is joining the Detroit Tigers. Uh, and my first thought was well, who's the AAA affiliate of the Detroit Tigers? Because business is about to be booming. I looked it up. It's the Toledo Mud Hens. So season ticket prices for the Mud Hens uh are about to go up. Okay, about to be a hell of a show in Toledo uh for a couple of months this summer. Ah, it's going to be incredible. Did they ever retire Keston Hira's number in Nashville? Did he ever get his no. Wall of Wall of Fame or Walk of Fame? At, at some point, he'll come back. I'm sure. Legend, triple A legend. I am not someone who believes that Keston Hira has been this suppressed home run hitting stud the last couple of years because um well, I I have this very advanced system for evaluating players, and look, I get it. A lot of people don't have access to the, to this this method of viewing and judging and watching players. A lot of people, I think, are casuals. They thought, oh, Keston Hira, he needed more at bats. He needed more at bat. He needed more at bat. Need me get him get him more at bats. And I understand that's casual. So how I evaluate players, like Keston Hira, for example, is I turn the game on my TV and I sit down and I watch. And through that evaluation process over the last couple of years, I drew the conclusion that Keston Hira sucks. And I still just kind of believe that. And I sound very aggressive. I Keston Hira, nicest guy in the world in, in clubhouse interactions. No one would say a bad word about Keston Hira. He's just not good at baseball at the major league level. And I know there's a big contingent of Brewers fans that, that really thought that he was. He deserves more bats. Dude, if you can't beat, like, the Owen Millers of the world out for Major League at bats, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. So, Triple A affiliate, the Toledo Mudhens, they're about to have a laser show this summer. So, I'm happy for them. Great for minor league baseball. That'll be great for Toledo and the Mudhens. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
3: Grant, I would never dream of missing a Friday show.
1: Thank you, Cone. I appreciate that. Thank you.
3: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, vibes are just could not be higher right now. It's a beautiful day in Arizona. Cactus Cup fever is in the air. And I'm just in the baseball mode right now. Did you see Mark Antanasio's piece on the, the sit-down with Todd Rosia?
1: Okay, so I did. I read it. You want it? Okay, so it, I really like Todd. Like I like I I like his work. Respect the hell out of Todd, Kurt, everyone at the Journal Sentinel. It smelled a little bit like a puff piece. And that's fine. Right. It's really hard to get an owner for a sit down unless you, you know, you got to kind of grease the wheels. There was one comment in there where it kind of seemed like Mark Atanasio was taking credit for discovering and creating Brian Anderson as the as the broadcaster is today, which I, I I don't know. That part made me laugh. That was basically my only reaction to the story. How about you?
3: Yeah, I, I, I like it. I think Mark, you know, hes he, I really do like him. I think he's a great owner. He's kept this team competitive. He's kept this team in Milwaukee in the smallest market. I mean, tip your cap right away to that. Um, and I i loved his thought about, you know, how owning the Brewers has just brought his family together. It's like owning a vacation house with the Brewers. It's kind of funny. But his <laughs> that's that's favorite, the, favorite, the rich so person he, version
1: of getting a cabin on the lake.
3: Yes, exactly. Oh, my God yeah it'll be
1: great. It'll bring the orb or getting a pool built in the backyard. that's what that's what normal people do. Rich people buy a baseball team.
3: Amen. And you know creds Mark he can afford it. Why shouldn't he?
1: Yeah, I guess I for the most part agree that he's a pretty good owner. I think he he i have I have qualms. I have criticisms, but I think fan perception of him is much harsher than it should be. I will say that
3: There's a lot of fake news out there about Mark being cheap
1: yeah i would tend to agree i mean he just he quite it's fact he just doesn't have that much money relative to other baseball owners if that makes him cheap fine you could argue that it makes him relatively poor i think that's closer to the truth than saying he's cheap and sitting on a pile of money that he won't spend
3: yeah i think that's fair um which one of these spring training guys are you are you watching out for to break camp
1: Ooh, well i guess the lazy answer would be churio because I'm because not not because I think there's some secret or I've like an inside track to think that, he you know, he's just going to be great, hopefully. And I'm really excited to watch him and probably Aaron Ashby. Like, I, I want to see what this guy can do. He's got such a good arsenal of pitches. I think he's got all the tools. We just haven't really seen the rubber hit the road at the major league level yet. So I, I would say Aaron Ashby is my answer.
3: I like it. Yeah. And, you know, you don't need an inside track. You just need a brain and some eyeballs to, to know that uh, Jackson Churio is breaking camp. There's no way they sign this guy, they extend him, and not have him start the season yeah. on the MLB.
1: If anything, they'll start him before he's ready just because they, they yeah, committed exactly. to him. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly. They have, I mean, that's just good investing.
1: You doing anything fun this weekend, Cone, before I let you go? Any plans? Are you going to go catch some Major League Baseball? You got spring training all around you down there.
3: I don't think there's any games yet. I don't think the games start for another week and a half. Oh, is it that much?
1: Think you go watch. Can you go to the ballparks and just watch scrimmages
3: and stuff? You'd be able to do something related to baseball. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I'm mm. um, going to be running some pickup basketball this weekend. The weather, like I said, I mean, 75, sunny, just just gorgeous out here. So <sighs> taking full advantage of that.
1: I'm jealous. Well, I appreciate you, Cody. Have a great weekend. Thanks for not missing a Friday show.
3: Absolutely. Thanks, Grant. Have a great weekend. Fin's up. Fin's up.
1: Thank you, Cohen. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to get down to Arizona in a couple of weeks and establish myself as a clubhouse presence. I have yet to do that in 2024. That's an important step in covering and following and talking about a, a baseball team like our Milwaukee Brewers. The big news of the day, if you just missed it, shocking breaking news, Keston here to the Tigers, first reported by John Heyman. We'll be reacting to that for the next hour and a half. 608 321 One more call, then we'll take a break. Let's go sports show. Who's this?
2: Hey, it's Big Ron calling from the Florida Keys. Big Ron, you're in the
1: Florida Keys. Oh, fins up, Ron. You're you're doing it right.
2: Fins up, man. You know one of the players that we traded from from the Corbin uh, Burns trade. We had a pitcher, and then we got a an in, infielder, and the mm-hmm. infielder did not have anywhere near. The numbers that Kesson Hira did at AAA, that's a, just a warning. You're a Hira truther? What was that? You're a Hira truther? No, I'm not a Hira truther. <laughs> what I'm saying is there's, there's quadruple-A players, man. And yeah. Hira is a quadruple-A player. And this guy that we got for the Corbin Burns trade, you know, don't get your hopes up because... You know, he, he didn't even have half Kesson here as numbers, and who knows if he'll be able to produce at the major league level.
4: I'm
1: also beginning to, to buy stock. You live out there towards New York. You're familiar with a good stock exchange. I'm also buying some stock in D.L. Hall. I, I just think when the Brewers make trades like that and they have a pitcher in their sights, they just know what they're doing, which is wild that I have to remind myself, hey, the Brewers are good at this. They know what they're doing because they've won so many games, but I have to remind myself, yeah, if they're identifying a pitcher, that probably means there's something there.
2: Yeah, and they can throw him in the pitching lab. The Brewers have a very good track record. We're throwing these guys in the pitching lab and, you know, turning like Corbin Burns is a, is a perfect result. When Corbin Burns was a rookie, he was giving up, you know, uh, home runs like it was going out of style, mm-hmm. you know. So we throw him in the pitching lab, he'll be fine. I agree with you on that take. Where I disagree with you is on the cliches. You said one cliche is that it's not easy to win in any league. It's hard well, to win you, in this league, it's, yes. Yeah. It's, well, there's two leagues that it is actually easy to win in. Oh. And that's Major League Baseball and college football. Major League Baseball, is there's no salary cap. There's only 10 teams every year that have a chance to win it. This century, there's only been one small market team to win a World Series, and that was the Kansas City Royals. That's it. No other small market team has won a World Series. Okay, so it's easy to win in MLB you just outspend everyone. And the other sport where it's easy to win is college football. There's like 100 Division 1 college football teams, maybe 10 have a chance.
0: There are like, a lot Adamant
2: of MLB.
1: there are a lot of blowouts week to week. There are a lot of free wins. If you're an elite team, you're you're constantly there's 30-40 point blowouts in college football every weekend. So you're right there.
2: Yeah, and outside of the SEC, you know, you had Michigan win this year. You know, um, Clemson won a couple years, and that's it. It's the, SC, it's, the, it's the top couple teams in the SEC, whoever's good in the SEC, and then it's Clemson, Ohio State, and Michigan, and that's it. No one else has a chance.
1: Can I ask you before we're done to paint a picture of what you're looking at and what you're feeling right now in the Florida Keys? I'm going to close my eyes. You, I'm going to imagine where you are and what you're doing. Paint me a picture.
2: I'm at a pool club. I'm I'm looking at very calm scenes, blue skies, palm trees. Oh. They're actually playing some Jimmy Buffett in the bar. Um, I'm seeing a, a young girl wash her feet off as she leaves uh, the beach area and enters into the pool area. Tony will like um, that. Yeah, there, that's good. There was a guy with a Wisconsin rolling shirt on. I, uh, I didn't get a chance to go up and talk to him. He left. Um, you know, I'll, I'll send you some pictures, and I'll, I'll tweet them at you. Right. We went on a great boating cruise today. Um, it's, it's just uh, paradise on Earth, Grant. What can I say?
1: Did you drive A1A, or did you land directly on one of the Keys?
2: I, I landed directly on Key West, um, but I, had, I did drive A1A an hour and a half to Marathon Key, which is where I am now. Oh. Um, so that A1A drive is, is immaculate. So but uh I love you Grant. You have a great show, you got the best thing going. I gotta run. Uh, my yeah. family's calling here.
1: Yeah, you have you have things to do. Go enjoy your trip down there. Fins up, Big Ron. Alright,
2: fins up, my man.
1: Have a good <laughs> drove A one A to Marathon Key. And my family's calling. Yeah, go be with them. You're on you're on vacation. Dad, we wanna go have a cannonball contest. Sorry I gotta call Grant. It's it's Friday. Uh oh, A one A. I dream of, grow, of going to the Keys one day. I, I, I dream of being able to go to the Keys that Jimmy Buffett once patrolled in the 70s, where it was all those little fishing shacks. Now, as Jimmy's saying, mobile homes, they smothered the Keys all over the place. Resorts and bars, people going down there to drink. What happened to just places? We used to be able to go to places and just ponder, look out over the water, maybe take a little a little skiff, do a little fishing. Bring the fish back, have it have it cut up in a little shack and some local would cook it up for you. I would like to drive A1A before I die, though. I don't know why I said before I die. I, I ideally have plenty of time before that happens, but just at some point, bucket list item, drive on A1A. Listen to A1A on the drive. We're going to come back. We'll keep talking about the Brewers. I also want to talk Jordan Love, a uh, conversation that started earlier today on the Bill Michaels show that I want to expand on, talk more about. So five minutes, we're back. It's Friday, Fin's up. Wisco Sports Show back in a couple
5: minutes.
0: don't here. They look a lot as beer can. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: sports show emergency show. We've thrown the rundown aside. We're reacting to the breaking news of Keston Hira landing with the Detroit Tigers. And I made the joke that the Toledo Mudhens, which I've learned are the AAA affiliate of the Detroit Tigers, are about to have an amazing summer. Until someone on Twitter at Wisco Grant reminded me uh, well, he's out of options, to which I replied, never let the facts get in the way of a good tweet. Never. Speaking of tweets, Evan Drellich, the athletic, tweeting about a half hour ago, and I missed this. And maybe I'm behind on this saga. Maybe I need to read up. Sacramento is the front runner to host the A's from 2025 to 2027 before they move to Las Vegas. Dude, how did the A's? It's John Fisher, right? Who owns the A's? Aren't you like a little embarrassed? You have a little shame for what you're doing and how this is how this is going. It's like when the Marlins, the Marlins, there was a hurricane in Florida, right? And the Brewers hosted the Marlins at Miller park while they were, while the Brewers were on a road trip. They said, Hey, come use the ballpark. Even the, they even set up palm trees and they made it like they did a a great good faith gesture to say, Hey, come use our ballpark. We're all in the same league here. It's as big Ron said, maybe easy to win in this league. I kind of disagree, but it's fine. Hard to win easy. It doesn't matter. Come use our ballpark for like three days, not for two years. Also, does Sacramento want them? I'd be like, oh, we just, we get to take care of a baseball team for two years and then they get to leave for greener pastures. Well, browner pastures, I suppose. They'd be going to the desert. Bizarre. I need to read up on this this weekend. I need to shift back into baseball mode. How did this, I didn't even know this was an issue. I just figured they'd play in that poverty coliseum until they're ready to go to Vegas, which by the way, I'm actually excited now for Las Vegas to have a baseball team. I know that this is a, a bad look and very anti-small market. Rough look, rough slant from a Brewers fan, I know. But now that I've been to Vegas and I've enjoyed it, I, I want a reason to go back sometime and, like, a weekend in the early summer where the Brewers are there, let's say they're there for a Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or maybe they're there, uh, you know, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, you know, whatever. It's like, well, we could go out to Vegas, see a baseball game, not overly expensive. Like, Packers, Raiders, that would be a... But Brewers A's, there's the excuse to go to Vegas, have a little fun, come back. Like, I I need that excuse now because I want to go back to Vegas at some point. So I'm actually okay with there being a baseball team there. Because I'm not going to go for a hockey game. All due respect to hockey. Badgers have been great. Uh, again, all due. I'm just not a hockey guy. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. Who's this? Good
6: afternoon, Grant. It's Badger Bloody Reviews. Good afternoon,
1: Badger Bloody Reviews. How are you today? Fins up, my friend. It's been a while.
6: Hey, Finn's up. It has been a while, I know. And I hopped in my car, leaving work, uh, turn on the radio, and what should I hear but the voice of my good friend, Big Ron in Jersey. Except he's not in Jersey. He's in the Florida Keys, living his best parent-head life, And I just thought I got to follow up, uh, you know, that great call from him and just uh, check in with you. It's been a minute, man.
1: I respect him being in the Florida Keys, which is just about as as, it's it's as much of a tropical paradise as you will find in this this great this great union we have the United States. And he's like, no, hold on, honey, kids, go sit over there. I need to call Grant's show for a couple minutes. I respect that. I love that.
6: Yeah. That's huge dedication. I will say, if I ever find myself in some far-flung location, I will do my best to call the (laughs) Wisco Sports Show.
1: There you go. Now it needs to become a thing. Well, what do you think, Keston Hira to the Tigers? That's obviously the hot topic that everyone wants to discuss today, right?
6: So I just found out about that when I was on hold. I did not know. I haven't really been on my phone. I had kind of a busier Friday than usual. Um, And, uh, yeah, I was out of the loop. But, I mean, I always wanted to be maybe better than he ended up or maybe that his ceiling is um, always liked the guy he seemed like if he just could put a few things together he would have been a really solid piece and who knows sometimes it takes a change of scenery for guys to really figure things out Um, we've seen this you know not just in baseball but other sports as well Um, you don't know really kind of what you're going to get when you uh, plug him into a new system sometimes it is a good thing so I wish the best for Keston and uh, you know maybe not so much for the team that he's going to be going to. Not that Detroit's had a whole lot to celebrate
1: in that regard. Yeah, I was going to say Detroit. It's funny the Pistons and the Tigers have now both become like reclamation projects. It's like Marvin Bagley needs minutes. We'll take him on the Pistons. Keston here needs at bats. We'll take him on the Tigers. Like the Lions have all of a sudden become a beacon of functionality and and competitiveness in that city. It's bizarre.
6: You got to feel, you know, at least like good for the, the fans of Detroit that they have like one thing to feel good about. Um, I've always kind of said, uh, I don't like the Bears and their fans, but I respect them. Um, I've always sort of felt sorry for the Lions fans. Uh, the Minnesota fans, I don't like and I don't respect. But, you know, the Lions fans, uh, they've just been so downtrodden for so long. And who knows? If they keep winning, I'm sure that's going to change. Remember when the Chiefs were the plucky underdog, oh, winning a yeah. championship? And now they've got the dynasty. It's sort of starting to wear off. They're starting to rub people the wrong way.
1: Let me ask you this. What, what would you expect? Because at some point tonight, I'm going to do like some way too early projections for next year. Like how I feel about certain teams, it. certain teams I really like. How do you feel about the Lions? Are you, uh Lions are going to come crashing back down to earth. They're going to continue to ascend. Where, where do you stand on the Lions? Ike, Wisco Sports you know, where do you stand? I think,
6: I think they'll hold, they'll sort of hold serve in terms of what their record was. I don't think they'll finish any worse than maybe like two games under what, how many wins they had this year. Um, I just think there's too much young talent on that team. And uh, clearly Dan Campbell is capable of, you know, he he not only turned that team around, he got them about as close as you can to the Super Bowl. So I think that they've got a strong culture and they're well on their way of shedding that same old Lions moniker. They're not there yet, but string together a couple more seasons of success, you know, keep breathing down Green Bay's neck. And, uh, yeah, I think that we're going to maybe in the next decade or so talk about, okay, There, here's a franchise that really did make the changes necessary to turn it around. And I think that they really put a blueprint down that some of these other franchises, like Washington or Carolina, maybe need to take a few pages out of that book.
7: Sure, sure,
1: sure, sure, sure. Well, you just gave me a lot that I want to continue to talk about. I want to get one more caller in before this break, so I'm going to let you go, Badger Bloody. Any plans to have Fantastic. a Bloody this
6: weekend? Yeah, I actually Good. do plan. Good. I've been slacking on the reviews, but I think I'm going to go out and find one in Madison and uh, and get her going. So, yeah, stay, look out on Twitter. I'll post that if I do one.
1: Have you reviewed the Bloodies at Mickey's? I had that a couple weeks ago. I haven't been to a ton of places in Madison. I'm so busy, you know, I go home and I prepare topics and I, yeah, I, I yeah. call the, guests, of course.
6: The, uh, on Willie Street?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
6: Yeah. I reviewed that one. Yeah, hop on the. I'll, I'll even repost that one for you. Yeah, but I did do that one a while ago. I think it's on my Instagram. I don't know if I put it on Twitter, but yeah, I do like that one. That's one of my favorite spots, uh, especially if they've got some live music.
1: Uh, hell yeah! All right, appreciate you, Batter Buddy. Have a great weekend. Okay, may your yep, bloodies I'll, taste I'll great.
6: let you go. Have a good one, man.
1: You as well. Have a good one. I want to talk about the Lions here in a sec because the Lions. I have a couple of NFC teams I want to talk about next. Year. The Packers are one. The Lions are one. I just want to talk about the Rams too because all of a sudden I become a Rams guy for lots of different reasons. Uh, some may be related to a guest I had on at the Super Bowl. But that's, hey, that's research. I am covering the Rams. I'm talking to a Rams player. I'm getting it straight from the Rams mouth. Uh, I, Mickey's does have a good bloody. And an, an underrated breakfast spot. I didn't know they did breakfast. I'd been there a couple times because I've always, uh, Dave from Minona's giving me crap for this. I like going out on Willie Street. Uh, this is my type of people, my, my type of crowds. And I never been there in the morning. We went there for a bloody. It's like, wait, you have really good breakfast? You have coffee. They, they had their own little coffee bar. It's like, hey, if you want coffee, just go get some. I love going to a bar or a restaurant early on in the day, and they're like, you don't even have to order coffee. Just go get your own. Big fan. I know there's nothing to do with the bloody, but I did have a bloody there a couple weeks ago. It was very good. 608 321 One more call, then we'll take our break. Wisco sports show. Who's this? This is Hector. Hector. Oh, from Alaska. How are you tonight, Hector? Oh,
5: I'm doing
1: okay. Oh, good. That's good to hear. Yeah,
5: Um. so... I heard you talking about um, Kendrick Perkins, and that's what kind of triggered me to call in because, Mm. God, is that man overpaid to do nothing. (laughs) If you think meteorologists make money to be absolutely wrong 85% of the time, Kendrick Perkins is giving them a run for their money because this guy (laughs) is an absolute buffoon. He averaged, what, Seven points per game his entire career i think his best year he averaged just over 10 and he's gonna start off his comments by saying oh yeah we know he's gonna come and drop 30 like it's no big deal and you're gonna complain about him not having enough blocks dude are you kidding me? that is such this a bizarre thing out. it's like well oh, wait.
1: it's like well Giannis is is calling out the team and trying to be a leader but Uh, he's supposed to be good on defense. And since like Thanksgiving, he has less than a block a game. It's like that has nothing to do with that's such that's such a weird slant. If you want to blast the bucks, go right ahead. And if you want to say that, you know, Giannis was the the architect, the shadow GM behind some of these moves, fine. But I even think all of these moves were good moves. They just haven't worked yet. So I, I don't really know the slant to come at Giannis. The less than one block per game is definitely not it, though.
5: Exactly, he had to. He had to really dig for that little tread of negativity to put out there because that that is weak. That is so weak. Um, as a as a fan of the Los Angeles Clippers, it is tough to be um, a fan of a team that's led by Doc Rivers. I'll tell you that much. Um, he's a great coach. Uh, I think he also still carries that Boston Celtics. Um, Stuff with him, so his name sure. carries a little more. But since then, like, what he's kind of been, just, uh, just a you know a pretty good coach. Uh, so I do, I think the changes he's trying to implement will be good. It just needs to kind, of, it just needs to kind of take its time and develop. And they got time. They just need to figure it out pretty quickly because it is the All Star break. But maybe. Uh, take a little page from what's going out over in California because the Clippers uh, and the Warriors both moved good players to the bench and that seemed to work pretty well.
1: Yo, they are following the Clippers example. They, they quite literally are following the Clippers roadmap because our success in the postseason completely depends on an injury prone player to stay healthy in Chris Middleton. So we are following. What are you talking about? We're following the Clippers example
5: to a T. Yeah, just don't because just that don't second round. That that when you taste that second round after a couple of years, man, it's so exciting. But I don't know what it feels like after that. Yeah. I've never cheered for the Clippers after that. So Interesting.
1: Sad. Interesting. Kendrick Perkins, I love the slander. Hector, I love you. And it had been too long since we chatted. It was nice to connect. I, I hope to hear from you again soon. Thank you for the call. Absolutely. You have a good weekend. You as well. Say hi to the family, your lovely kids, your lovely wife, Mrs. Hector in Alaska. Yeah, did Kendrick Perkins cost the Thunder a championship? I don't think the Thunder were good enough to beat that Heat team after the Heat had gone through the loss the year before, but, like, Kendrick Perkins was the Thunder's version of the Heat's Joel Anthony a year before. And the Thunder had not yet realized what the Heat realized the year before. It's like, oh, actually, Joel Anthony's like the eighth or ninth best player we have. Just because he's a center doesn't mean we need to play him. And Kendrick Perkins is out there playing more than 20 minutes a game. Like, Brooke Lopez hasn't played 20 minutes a game in some of these playoff series. And 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 and, 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 and Brooke can defend and he can shoot. And I don't know that Kendrick was doing a whole lot. I know he definitely wasn't shooting. I, I don't want to speak out of turn and comment on Kendrick Perkins defensive ability because maybe he was an ace I don't remember I was in seventh grade I just I just got into a new school I was trying to make friends I was was socially in the jungle I don't I don't remember Kendrick Perkins defensive metrics maybe I'll go back and you know what I don't even care who cares about Kendrick Perkins let's take a three-minute break we'll come back I want to start to talk the NFL a couple of teams that I really love for next year and I also want to raise some concerns about some teams that maybe made it into the playoffs this year, looking to grow next year. Some some concerns that I might have. So that's all coming up next, Wisco Sports Show.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Sports Show. Got a couple minutes, then we'll break at 5 o'clock. Hour number two. I want to take a couple of minutes to talk about something uh, related to Jordan Love. Well, actually, not something related. I want to talk about Jordan Love. Uh, there was something that was brought up during the Bill Michaels show earlier today, and I mentioned it really briefly, and so did Bill, but I want to take 10, 12, minutes, 14 even? God, that'd be wild. I just want to take a couple minutes to talk about that uh, with a little more time to to rant and ramble. That's coming up. Right before we took that last break, we talked to Badger Bloody. We talked to Hector not Alaska, And Badger Bloody mentioned the Detroit Lions. And I, 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 I think their year next year is going to be significantly harder than the Green Bay Packers. And I'm not trying to be biased. And I'm not trying to jack up expectations too high for the Packers. And I'm not saying next year's Super Bowl or bust. But the Packers have a golden opportunity next year with their salary cap in a much better place, lots of picks, to maybe move up for players they like, or to trade for a veteran, to plug a hole here or there. All of these young skill position players on a rookie contract, Aaron Jones is back, assumedly still playing at a high-ish level, maybe not as good as the last couple games this year, but still not completely over the hill and washed up yet. Not saying that's coming, but I I don't think that will be the case next year. They're not going to be playing a first-place schedule, and they didn't lose any coordinators. And I can guarantee you that if the Packers go out next year, and have a year similar to the year that they just had, Adam Stenovich or any of these lieutenants on offense, they're getting poached. If the Packers and Jordan Love and these young wide receivers and Matt LaFleur, if they go out next year and did what they did again last year, if they do that again, guys are getting poached. And if they go out and win the division next year, the schedule gets even harder. The pressure gets even higher. So again, I'm not saying Super Bowl or bust, but Packers fans, I I just want to make sure as we start thinking about next year and projecting and trying to set up expectations, Really, 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 really nice opportunity. We'll talk about that next. Jordan Love 2, Wisco Sports Show, hour two after this update.
0: Four man front, receiver of motion, low snip. He runs and he throws. Caught touchdown. It's caught. Hardman caught the ball. The Chiefs have won. The Chiefs have won. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. I love that
1: audio of Kevin Harlan. I think it's a great call. Love the energy. was the radio call, Westwood One for the Super Bowl. I say this without a one ounce of exaggeration. This is not hyperbole at all. Meeting Kevin Harlan... Seeing him in person, interacting with him, and then bringing him on Bill's show last week—seeing Kevin Harlan was like seeing Jesus or Elvis. It, not that—I mean, he's a regular guy. He's from Wisconsin. He's very, very normal, very kind. The aura that he has around him—and I, I don't know—I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Like we saw—I saw Dan Patrick last week. I saw Pat McAfee. Lots of famous sports people. But for whatever reason. I, I can't put my finger on it. Kevin Harlan, he's got this larger-than-life, I don't know, it's, it's, like a, it's like an aura around him when he walks around. I, wa- I watched him, because here's. I'll tell you the story. I was walking from Bill's table to the bathroom. So I was heading like kind of across the convention floor, and the convention around the, the tables of all the booths, there's like this little wall. A fence, like a very short little fence. It would probably come up to your belt just so that they could control where people are coming in and out, right? Little gates. It's not like it's on lockdown and security. It's just kind of keep things organized. And as I'm leaving, Kevin Harlan is coming in. And the way that people from every corner of Radio flocked to him. And he was shaking hands and smiling. And it was like Elvis. It was like watching Elvis. It's unbelievable how much... Like, love there is for that man and energy around him. And you would bump into him and he'd shake your hi, Grant. Nice to meet you. Like, I, I've just texted or called him to put him on Bill's show. You know, and I, like, a lot of guests, I, I give a call. And I said, hi, it's Grant with the Bill Michaels Show. How you doing today? And I remember the last time we had him on, he picked up the phone. Hello? I said, hi, Kevin. It's Grant with the Bill Michael Show. How you doing today? Grant, I'm doing just great. I'm happy to be on with you and Bill. It's like you are, it's like, you know how sometimes famous people, they say they're they're like a caricature like you can't even take him seriously because they don't seem like real people. Kevin Harlan is a caricature, but he's like, like in the best way. It's it's very it's very weird. I don't know why I'm oh because his voice is in the intro. I'm like I don't know why I'm talking about this. But meeting Kevin Harlan on on Radio Row, it was it was like meeting Elvis. It was, it was it was it was it was bizarre, but like in the best way. So ten out of ten endorse Kevin Harlan. I hope we get him on Bill's show. You know, at some point in the off season and you know, to talk about the NFL and to talk about the Packers. But what a what a dude. And an eye-opening experience. It's like, Jesus, this guy's like Elvis when he walks into the joint. 608 321 Want to talk about Jordan Love? I want to talk about the NFL. First, I want to take some calls. We just had a couple people sitting on hold night. I hate to make people wait. I'm Midwestern. I don't like to inconvenience. I don't like to I don't like to bother people. Wisco Sports Show, who's this?
7: Grant. Coyote. Coyote Mike. Coyote Mike. Colorado. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. And they're howling out there. I, I don't know if you can hear. You can hear them. They just start all started howling. So. Well, it's
1: February, I believe. It is uh, the coyote mating season, is it not? I believe.
7: <laughs> I believe it is. I've seen some of that going on too, <laughs> across the street.
1: <laughs> I, I, I'll paint a picture in my head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll yeah. try to. I'll try to imagine. Please don't describe.
7: Well, it's really cloudy here and kind of freezing rain pellets and all that stuff.
1: So, mm, so they're making love in the rain, these coyotes are. That's romantic. That's, what, a, what a romantic yeah. critter.
7: That's right. That's right. So, Good for hey, you know, right on uh, Kevin Harlan, he's, he just he comes across as really a genuine guy. He is. You know, and and the way he calls the game and the way he, he interacts with his uh, colleagues on the radio.
1: He's, he is, he is a walking smile. He is. It was very, again, I I don't mean to like treat him like a zoo animal, but I, I watch him and I saw countless famous people on radio row and Kevin Harlan was different. I'm like, there was, it was like looking at Jesus or Elvis. It was very, very bizarre, but in a, in a good way.
7: So I want to go faster. I want to congratulate you on your first week at the Super Bowl. I thought all your shows were, you know, very good and fantastic. I, uh, I thought the sports psychologist guy was really interesting. I thought he and was too. And if you could get him on again, that would be cool. Well, we and, followed uh,
1: each other on Twitter, which is like that's the guy version of us like becoming friends. So I, and, at some uh, point, maybe I thought he was super interesting. Maybe it wasn't everybody's bag yeah. of chips, but I thought it was really cool.
7: Yeah, I thought it was really neat. He uh, he really gave me some insight into how some of that work, it's, it's not just laying a, uh, players laying on a couch, you know talking mm-hmm. sounds like there's a lot more to it which you, you would think but yeah. and uh scott avila your interview with him oh yeah from the rams and i liked his comment when he asked "Would you asked him about being if you look like a football player yeah he said and he, he said looked, out, i look well, like a kicker maybe a kicker, a kick, maybe a kicker. <laughs> what a jerk
1: that was the second that was the second of two big Khalil Herbert was giving me crap too. I'm tall, I'm six two. Khalil Herbert's tiny. I was towering over him and he's like, nah, dude, you look like a fraud.
7: <laughs> so uh, I need to give Bill uh, Bill a thumbs up. I thought that was really, really good of him when he talked to Jordan Love and uh, kinda came clean on what he some of the comments the commentary he had made about him earlier in the year. Yeah, I thought that was a really uh, excellent thing for Bill to do, and he mentioned it twice, actually. Well, uh, And then Jordan Love sounded really good in the interview. I thought he sounded so much sh- sharper on, on, on point. You know, it really seems to have grown up since the start of the year. You just get used to and, talking, uh,
1: I think, right? As a, as a player, you just get used to people asking you questions, and you get used to answering questions. Even if you don't have something specific to say right? You got to say words. I think you probably just get used to that process. The more you play and the more that you do it.
7: Yeah. I always listened to a little bit of his uh, interview or his podcast with Micah Parsons. Yeah. And, uh, he sounded, he sounded really, really good. And he, he also really stuck up for the, the team when, uh, Micah Parsons tried to say, well, you, you basically inherited the same team as you had last year. And, and, uh, you're in love with pretty adamant about no no this is a different team we had different younger guys you know we all worked together different team than last year yeah so uh kudos to him interesting and uh the brewers i'm pulling i'm hoping they make a trade i don't want to see him trade garrett mitchell but i'm kind of keep going through it in my mind like he might be the guy if they do get rid of one of these outfielders.
1: So of Freelick, Mitchell, and Weimer, I just want you down. I'll take this down for the record, or, or maybe we'll do like an informal. Anytime someone brings this up, you would trade Mitchell of those three?
7: Well, I wouldn't want to, but I don't know what they could get for Weimer. Well, that's I that's, mean, that's the problem.
1: I, mean, I, I probably want to keep Freelick, but if you're I, trading one, you also got to consider who's going to get you the most value in return, and I don't know if Weimer or Freelick is, or Weimer and Mitchell are going to get you what Freelick can.
7: yeah. Yeah. So uh, yeah, I don't know. So anyway, uh, I think that's about it. That's
1: about it. Well, um, shield your eyes in case you see any coyotes doing it over the course of the evening. <laughs> good. Good luck well, to I you. It was nice you to hear from, year,
7: from you. I got one Pabst uh, sixteen ounce beer in my fridge, so I'm going to have to make a run to the liquor store. Hell yeah! You need so, to reup. And I, think, I did have meat like. on. I did have meat on uh, Ash Wednesday.
1: Oh well, you're going to
7: hell. Father, so. forgive me.
1: Well, I'm glad we're hanging out in this life, because I don't think we're going to be hanging out in the next one if you keep doing that, Mike. I'm sorry to... That's
7: right. (laughs)
1: Appreciate it, man. Man, Have a good weekend.
7: You have a good weekend.
1: Yeah, you too, Mike. That's Coyote Mike out in Colorado. I believe it is the coyote mating season. If you go out and you do a little howling in the middle of that, you you probably get an answer. Uh, If you live somewhere rural or if you live in residential Waukesha. No in between. You either leave right in Waukesha or you got to be out in the woods, uh, because that's where those are the two places in the state, coyotes... Coyotes hang out. Yeah, I I used to probably didn't know this about me. A lot of you probably didn't know this about me. I bet Steve Avila and and Khalil Herbert would never guess because they said I look like such a beta, which is incorrect. I'm the biggest alpha of all. But uh, I used to be quite the hunter back in my day, including coyotes. I'd go out in the middle of the night, full moon, do a little do a little howling, especially in February. You'd get them to come in, light them up. Well, actually light them up because, you know, it's dark and you struggle to see them so you need a full moon some fresh snow it's coyote hunting is pretty fun uh mike walk safe out there as you're surrounded by wildlife it sounds like he said um jordan love sounds a lot more comfortable sounds a lot more polished that's not a surprise as you asked or are are asked more questions you answer more questions you just get better at it like for example this radio show i don't have two hours worth of things to say every night It might come as a shock to you i i don't i don't I don't often have a full two hours of topics and points that I need to make. I might have an hour's worth. I might have I might have nothing. But you get used to coming on the Air Every Day for hosting a show for two hours, and you you learn the process of even if you don't have something to say, here's how you kind of get through that. And a press conference has got to be the same. How many questions do you think Jordan Love has been asked in the last year where he's like, man, I don't know. How am I supposed to answer that? And you come up with something. And the more you do it, the more you get used to it, the the better it sounds. I am... I am so high on Jordan Love going into next year in the Packers. And again, I I don't want to throw Super Bowl or bust expectations on him, but the Packers are in this Goldilocks spot of coming off of an awesome year with a deep playoff run, and yet coming back next year, they're not going to have to face a first-place schedule. They're not losing any coordinators, right? Their salary cap situation is improving, Not, not getting worse. It's getting better. So next year is a golden opportunity for the Packers. And I feel so good about Jordan Love because look around the NFC. What other quarterbacks are on his level? Or I I guess specifically, you know, what other quarterbacks are we comparing to to Jordan Love? Dak Prescott, who he beat. And I really like Dak, but still. Matthew Stafford, who I really like, not always healthy, not always the most consistent. I actually think there's a lot of Matthew Stafford in Jordan Love, like I, you're not going to make every throw, but some of the throws you're like, damn, that arm angle or that, like, how did you, how did you fit that ball in there? Um, so I, I think there's Stafford and Jordan Love. They're actually quite comparable. And I think Jordan Love's path to winning a Super Bowl one day will probably have to look like Matt Stafford's path where he stays fully healthy, where he gets hot at the right time, right? He kind of minimizes some of the off, off, off target throws, you know, things like that. I I just feel really good about Jordan Love and and how good you feel about Jordan Love depends on how you view this last season, right? And this is what I brought up and and Bill and I talked about earlier today on the the midday show, on Bill's show. I don't know why I called the midday show. On Bill's show, it's the Bill Michaels show. It's not our show, our 10 to 2 show. It's Bill's show. I said, the only reason that you would not be just over the moon about Jordan Love is if you saw the first six or seven games, for the most part other than the the Bears and stretches of the Falcons and Saints game, the only reason you wouldn't be over the moon about Jordan Love is if you looked at that that first stretch and thought, there's some of the inconsistency of Jordan Love, some of the inaccuracy, some of the poor decision-making, right? You are putting stock in that first part of the season if you are still skeptical of Jordan Love. It's not that I throw out that stretch of games early in the season, but I attribute the struggles and and the inaccuracies and, and the failures and the turnovers and the lack of success. I attribute the, the struggles from Jordan love the first part of the schedule as his wide receivers weren't at an NFL level yet. They didn't all know where they were supposed to be. They weren't all on the same page. They weren't, you know, they, they weren't in lockstep. And then when they reached a critical mass of wide receivers, knowing where to be offensive linemen kind of figuring out the alignment, knowing how the, the plays are run. Matt LaFleur, figuring out a little bit better, how to coach this team relative to previous teams. When everything aligned, that's where I start judging Jordan Love, right? When he has a fair shake at wide receiver and tight end and O-line and play caller. And once he had a fair shake, he was unbelievable. Really saved for a couple of throws against the Giants. So again, I'm not throwing out the first part of the season that was ugly. I'm recognizing that there were extenuating circumstances during that stretch of the season that probably won't exist next year. Like the, the Packers shouldn't. Next year, need to spend the first six or seven games figuring out how routes are run. Matt LaFleur shouldn't need to figure out how to coach this team. We should hit the ground running week one next year. Kind of where the Packers took off around the Steelers or the Chargers game. Right? And when you look at this last season as, well, once everything got figured out, look at what Jordan Love did. If you look at that, if that's the player that you see, and that's kind of how I view it, then you are over the moon about Jordan Love. Now, if you put more stock into that first stretch of games and you blame Jordan Love for some of that, well, then you might feel a little bit differently. But I but I really start looking Chargers game or, or Steelers game forward. He was unbelievable, and that's the ecosystem that he's starting with week one next year. 608-321-1670. Let's take a call. Wisco Sports Show, who's this?
3: Hey, you got
8: Darnell. Hey,
1: Darnell. What's going on? Happy Friday.
8: Fin's up. Fin's up. Never miss a Friday show. There it is. Uh, Thank you. I will say anytime that anybody mentions Kevin Harlan, mm-hmm. I think about Sam Decker and how he absolutely hit the father-in-law lottery. <laughs>
1: this is a cool father-in-law to have, isn't it?
8: Right. Uh, not only is he like you know married to Olivia Hartland Decker, right, which is great for him. But um, on top of that, he gets Kevin Harlan as his as his father in law. So a lot of perks uh, there, wouldn't you think? Absolutely a perk. Uh, you know, father in laws are great and everything. But Kevin Harlan as the father in law is that's top notch. Do you think he sure.
1: married Olivia just just for her, just for Kevin? You think? You think that was part <laughs> of it?
8: Probably. Oh, not. it definitely had. It definitely oh, okay. played into okay. okay, okay. It. okay. Definitely played That's into a good it. take. I love that. That's funny, <laughs> but that was honestly like all I had to say. That's fine. I heard Kevin Harlan. I was like, I got to talk about. I got. <laughs> I got to put Sam Decker out in the ether there because because he actually killed it with that. So
1: he he married well. He really did. I appreciate you, Darnell. Thanks for the call. Have a great weekend. <laughs> yep, you too, Grant. Darnell the Chump. Yeah, he did. Uh, <laughs> married well. Good father-in-law. No one ever talks about that. The perks of having a a specific father-in-law. I mean, Olivia, beautiful and highly successful and loves sports. He plays sports for a living still, basketball professionally, overseas. Uh, London, I think, the London Lions, something like that. Olivia was really funny, too, when we had her on. Like, these people like Kevin who broadcasted forever and they have all these reps and all this natural ability, you can just throw any situation or any circumstance, Adam, and they have a witty one-liner. They have a response for it. Olivia was a lot like her father in that regard. 608-321-1670, Wisco Sports Show. One more call before I break. Who's this? Z and the D. Z? Whoa, what is this? You're calling the evening show. To what do I owe this pleasure?
9: Well, I was in Madison, so I picked up the radio station, and I turned it to 96.7, and I was like, oh, there's Graham Phil's. I remember he's got a show from four to six, so I can weigh in on something.
1: I'm glad. So you have a chance to voice your opinion. There you go. I, I see what this is all about. What are you thinking?
9: Well, first off, I will go with the father-in-law. If we're going to talk about that, I'm going to say Dustin Johnson, to Wayne Gretzky. That's good. that's a good father-in-law.
1: Oh yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, that's 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 all right. It's, yeah, that that one's up there.
9: Yeah, I mean, and it's the greatest hockey player of all time. So I'm just saying.
1: Does he have a cabin in Door County like Kevin Harlan does, though? I mean, he probably has a cool cabin somewhere. Just trying to think. I'm pretty
9: sure he's got seven cabins in Canada.
1: <laughs> yeah, probably all over. the He probably owns a province. Probably owns an it, entire it, one of the one of the, the lesser populated ones up north. It just belongs to Wayne Gretzky.
9: You know, I'm pretty sure if they needed some money, they can just be like, Hey, Wayne, uh, you want to buy this? Uh, you know what? We're going to sell, sell you Prince Edward Island. That's all yours. You can call it. Wayne Gretzky Island now.
1: That'd actually be pretty badass, and I wonder how many... I, I don't know the history behind uh, Prince Edward and specifically who that is and his story, but I bet if you straw-pulled, like, 80%, 90% of Canadians, you got a pretty good sample size, and you're like, hey, we want to we want to change the name to Wayne Gretzky Island. I, I wonder how many of them would actually object.
9: Well, see, the problem is that, see, Prince Edward Island's on the east, and when you get to that Ontario section, the more French... So it's, it's going to be harder for them to be understanding who Wayne Gretzky is. But they understand that he's one of the greatest hockey players. But they might not like him because in that area, it's Montreal Canadiens territory. So they're not going to be happy about it. But I think overall, they're going to be like, all right, we'll let it slide. Or they'll be like, we wee, just let it happen Wayne. The average price of a
1: house in Prince Prince Edward Island is around two hundred grand, making it one of the most affordable places to live in the country. Why is Prince Edward Island like the absolute opposite of Martha's Vineyard? That doesn't make any sense to me.
9: Because it's only,
1: I think, ninety square miles. Oh, is it that small? Well, how big is Martha? You know what? Actually, I take that back. I don't I don't I don't care. I think we've I think we've tapped this out. I think we've Anne of Green Gables was on Prince Edward Island, right? That's where that took place. Well, uh, I
9: can't remember. Mm,
1: all right, I'll do some commercial break research.
9: But And then the last thing I'll say is the only thing about Jordan Love, you give some great comparisons. A lot of the quarterbacks they list are the coaches are possibly on hot seats or they're mm-hmm. just going downward trends. Um, the only thing I have up against Jordan Love is that a lot of, now they have the second half tape on him, so they're going to know how to play him a little bit better. But I feel like Jordan Love is smarter than we give him credit for. And then I think he'll figure out himself to go to different options that are being covered up from the tape being watched.
1: I think so. And, Z, I appreciate the call. I'm going to let you go. Let's talk again sometime. This is nice. Let's do this. There, there is a show past uh, the morning show.
9: La-
3: later, guys.
1: Yeah, have, a, have a good one. That's Z and the D. Um, Bill made this point earlier about Jordan Love, too. Like, a lot of the improvising he did or off-platform off throws, you know, back-shoulder, back-foot stuff, back-back-foot, not back-shoulder, but back-foot throws, they were within the confines of the offense. So Jordan Love was playing Matt LaFleur's offense, was putting the ball where it was supposed to go at the time it was supposed to get there. Now, if he put some Jordan Love flair on it to make it happen, that's fine. What we can't have is Jordan Love flair and completely going off script, right? You need to have the the appropriate amount of improvisation, the appropriate amount of of style, As I've said for a long time, Aaron Rodgers, like, he just made it harder than it had to be. Just drop back, hit the throws. These guys are schemed open. Let the wide receivers make plays for you, right? I want Jordan Love to continue to do that. Might get a little harder in year two. More defensive coordinators scheming in and trying to figure out Matt LaFleur and and what he's really doing with this offense and how he's getting these guys open. But it's part of the challenge. That's what the money's for, right? As Jordan Love gets extended, it's like, well, guess what? You're going to need to be able to adjust to the adjustments. And you're going to be able to... Uh, Do more with less. That's part of being paid as a quarterback in the National Football League. Three minutes. We're back. Wisco Sports Show.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show. Appreciate you listening. Happy Friday. Fin's up. It's Friday. Big Ron in Jersey called us not from Jersey, but from the Florida Keys. It's like, man, Big Ron. Big Ron really has it figured out. I think we're all striving to be Big Ron at some some point in our life. 608-321-1670. Darnell the Chump tweets me at Wisco Grant top notch Anne of Green Gables reference on a Wisconsin sports talk radio show. Anne of Green Gables was Prince Edward Island, right? I'm not misremembering that. I watched Anne of Green Gables, and I think there was like multiple versions. I watched it at some point when I was a kid. I don't remember. I all of the some of those those shows start to run together between Little House on the Prairie and Anne of Green Gables, like <laughs> um, C- Caddy Woodlawn for whatever. <laughs> for whatever reason also feels like she should be lumped in that bucket i know caddy woodlawn didn't like have a movie or a tv show about she was just a a normal person that lived south of menominee wisconsin south of downsville i believe on highway 25 i mean when she lived there highway 25 probably wasn't probably wasn't there yet uh but that is the the current landmark there we go we got a a highway mentioned too shout out to highway 25 will take you all the way up to uh ridgeland and Barron, right up to highway eight there we go it's all connected. Literally, that's how they design roads—is to be all connected. So I guess that shouldn't be a surprise. Six zero eight three two one sixteen seventy. Wisco Sports Show. Who's this?
10: Grant Ed. Ed. Madtown.
1: Hey Ed, how are you doing? How how's things in Madtown? I guess I'm here, but how are things for you? Uh, Whoa. I'm
10: kind of up and down. Oh, okay. a little bit of everything.
1: Uh, all right, all right.
10: But um, it's all good. I'm uh, sports talk has been kind of rough lately, so. It's kind of not a whole lot going on other than watching the crumbling of the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, it's, um, it's it's coined the Tom Petty song "Free Falling." Uh, uh, I just don't see this team um, putting forth what we were hopeful for when we took on Doc Rivers. I think he's got a I think he's got to change mentality by bringing in and you know it's some new blood I mean the team obviously is sort of on coastal coasting um for a while and I think he's bringing a different expectation to the team and I don't know if everyone's buying in well and and, you know know,
1: you quote Tom Petty I'll quote Tom Petty I, I think this team right now is learning to fly it's just taking a little bit longer than I'd like they're not quite there yet which is concerning because it's the middle of February and I know it's easy in the NBA. Well, it's still early. Well, it's it's actually not, though. It's especially not early well, considering uh, they just got a brand new coach.
10: Yeah, they got to kind of turn it up a notch and really buy in or um, sit on the bench. There, there's some guys that I think are going to start seeing more playing time and um, Green is one of them. Um, I think he brings a, um, he brings some spunkiness. He can shoot. And I think Comington is a guy that's really disappointing me this year. And I think Bobby Portis kind of takes time off once in a while. Bobby's just not the Bobby that I remember. But yeah. maybe it's just uh, it's just a couple guys on the team. I just don't think it's all bought in. And um, I know Giannis is. And I know Damian Lillard is. You can tell. But they those two can't carry him. And Lopez is starting to fly, so to speak. He's starting to get his three-stroke back. But I'm just kind of waiting for someone else. I think Middleton should be traded next year. He's just not showing that he's uh, he can um, stay with the team and stay on the court. It's kind of they're not going to get much for him.
1: He, if Chris Middleton know. heard that, you know what Chris Middleton would say to you, Ed? He'd say, don't do me like that. He would also quote Tom Petty. He would say, don't do me like that. Don't trade me like that. <laughs> I'm I'm with you, by the way, about Pat and Bobby. They have been, I mean, my God. There's just, Bobby takes so many bad fadeaways and bad hook yeah. shots. And yeah. Pat, like, yeah. Pat's not good enough. He's not consistent enough as a three-point shooter to turn the nope. ball over and to make gaffes. Uh, those two nope. have just been killing him.
10: It kills me. Speaking of killing me, it kills me when you hear Doc Rivers saying that a couple guys forget what um what's going on in the in the play call for the next uh, coming out of a timeout or 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 I don't know like that quote that he had I just heard on your um, your break. You know, it just pains me to hear him make comments like that because you never heard that coming out of the Bucks uh, team coach. You know, ever you know like someone's forgetting the play call or or whatever um but no but doc rivers he
1: he won't back down that's what he would say he'd also quote tom petty said i won't back down i'll throw my i'll throw my players under the bus to the media if that's what it takes
10: um i guess so you know i don't know um i'm just gonna give it another month and well then i'll call you back after that month if things are still the same then we'll say see we are going free falling yeah hey jordan love you know I think Jordan loves I was watching um, all his uh, plays, top plays of the year for 2023. Mm-hmm. And there's something I noticed about him. He's done something that I didn't think he could do. He's adjusted and he knows when to run when he needs to get used his legs. Yeah. And I saw a lot of plays from him. And it was just like, he really uses his legs when he needs to. He doesn't just go back and throw the ball away. Love? And I know he's gonna learn more.
1: Well, and and he's just beginning. Love is a long road, as Tom Petty once sang. It it really is. Jordan Love is <laughs> its development is a long road. I'm being real. I'm sorry to make a mockery of your this. call. You're making really good no. points. It's just now I I I can't stop this. Now I my obnoxiousness. No is man, I love going.
10: this. I love this. This is what I wanted to have. You made my day. Oh, you made I, my week.
1: Well, I'm I'm thrilled. That makes me very happy. Grant. Yes. I have
10: not called any other shows all week.
1: You haven't called. When you say sports talk has been rough around here, is that a comment on the content or on delivery of other shows? Come on, Ed, tell me.
10: I'd say probably the content because I'm I get kind of burnt out on the other stuff because they don't they keep they keep rehashing things and you seem to bring a little fresher perspective on other topics which I kind of like and that's refreshing to hear your voice. You should come and play a round of uh, winter ball um this weekend at the gasper family get together Mm. it would be a blast to have you come along and show your prowess behind the plate
1: interesting is gasper having like a baseball tournament or what
10: it's uh it's a one every we do it twice in a year summer and winter we have a baseball game it's a softball game and it's at the at his friend's family and it's been going on for, I'm part of the tradition now. Uh, I think it's been going on for almost like 15 years or longer. Oh. And, uh, yeah. yeah, he's um, putting out, I think he invited you last year, but you're on a special occasion with, uh, with your girl. So I, hmm. I can't remember exactly how that went down. But, yeah, I'm surprised you didn't throw an invite out to you because I'd love that you could come along and hit a few, drink it- a few.
7: We'll, Have some food. We'll we'll <laughs> chat
1: because I do. I I sound. I, this sounds very fun. I'm really intrigued. I just, I just I need to know more. So I maybe I'll I'll shoot Gasper a message and maybe you'll see me at this thing.
11: That
1: would be awesome. Could, all yeah, right. Yeah, I'm gonna
10: hit Gasper up too and see if he gets your text.
1: Uh, hell yeah! <laughs> hold me, hold me accountable. Thank you. Uh, thank you for that. And I, get to, and I get to meet you. Oh, that would be fun, Ed. I you're gonna yeah. I, you're gonna be. Imp- I've, Comments about my stature have been made by multiple people, and I know you lift with Gasper, so you're gonna be unimpressed, trust me.
10: Uh, uh I don't look at that. That's it's the personality that counts, girl.
1: All right, all right. You're all right, all right. This call has reached the end of the line. I know that's a traveling Wilbury okay. song, but it counts because uh Tom Petty was in that band. So I'm gonna let you go.
10: All right, man. Get a hold of Gasper.
1: <laughs> well, we'll talk soon, Ed. Appreciate all you. Right. Have a good weekend. See you, bro. Yeah, have a good one. Yeah, the content on Wisconsin Sports Talk Radio. It's gotten a little stale. But, you know, on this show every night for two hours, we're really at 4 o'clock. We, be, we journey into the great wide open. I need to... <laughs> All right, that's right, we're done with the Tom Petty thing. I think I went one or two songs too many. All right, five minutes. We'll be back. Continue the Wisco Sports Show. I want to talk NFL. A couple teams that I'm really excited about next year. A couple teams that I'm down on. We'll do that next. Wisco Sports Show.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
1: Wisco Sports Show, happy Friday. Thank you for not missing a Friday show. Uh, programming note, by the way, speaking of missing Friday shows, I will not be live next Friday because I have to attend a, uh, a funeral, a celebration of life. So I have to skirt out of town next Friday. So thank you for not missing this Friday show because we're we're all going to miss next Friday show. Okay, so let me just get out in front of this one before Zach puts me on blast. Zach, I, I don't know what it is. Heilprin, he... He really takes it personally when I like to use the tagline, never miss a Friday show, which is basically just ripping off. It's not basically. It is ripping off fish in the idea that you never miss a Sunday show. I think it's funny. So I say it all the time. And it's mostly just like a thing. But then when I take a vacation day on a Friday or, you know, I need to miss a show for whatever reason, Zach's all up in my business. Uh, So apologies a week in advance. But next Friday, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to leave the week just a little bit early on Thursday night to go to a, a funeral, Celebration of Life. So just getting out in front of it before anyone yells at me. Let's take a call. Then I want to give you some of my teams that I really like going into next year. 608-321-1670 Wisconsin Sports Show. Who's this? Grant, it's Q. Q. Hey, we've been talking about the Bucks. I'm surprised I haven't heard from you until this point in the show. I mean, I, you're, you're here now, which is what matters.
11: It's Friday. we got to be optimistic. Do we? So here, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Sierra Roste.
1: Was that, did you speak Spanish?
11: It is Greek for relax.
1: Oh, say that one more time.
11: Sierra Roste, according to Google. That's not
1: too bad. (laughs) Google Translate is someone who took a Spanish class in college. Google Translate will get you there some to most of the time. I bet that's pretty accurate, yeah.
11: So I've got three reasons why we all should relax about the Bucks. Okay. Number one they have been through nine major changes since June. Like we're, we're well aware of all the coaching changes Mm -hmm. and player changes. So I know the season's not young, but there, there has been a lot of changes. These guys are exhausted. They're ready for the all-star break. So last night, I'm just going to give them a free pass. It's lent. Like we all got to, we got to give them, give them some grace and forgiveness. So what is it? So then like,
1: so then what's Tuesday night? Because I, I I go I will give passes occasionally, but I can't give a pass like three times a week. That's my only problem with that line of thinking.
11: My point number two okay. Okay. is okay. that it is very early in the season still. If you look at the standings, I, I sent you this earlier. If you look at the all-star break standings from 2023, eight of the 20 teams that made the playoffs were below 500, including the Lakers who made it to the Western Conference Finals. So... We gotta relax. It's okay. I, Everything's gonna be all right.
1: I am with you in that the regular season standings don't dictate postseason success. I am not with you that it's still early because it's it's not. It's not still early. It's before the all-star break, but it's not it's not early. We we got a lot more season behind us than we do in front of us.
11: I, I would say that the Lakers comp is pretty fair because they had two aging all-stars on the roster and a new coaching staff, so if anybody can make a second half comeback like the Lakers did last year, I think it is the Bucks. Uh, my third takeaway is I am so excited that Bucks fans are this disappointed because you can't be disappointed unless you have expectations, and I can remember two or three decades of my life being a lonely, lonely Bucks fan where nobody cared. They were just middling along and it wasn't even a topic on a show in Madison or across the state because they were so bad so I am thankful that everyone is so frustrated and disappointed in this team because they're paying attention and right now they're the best team in the state so I think they're better than the Packers and the better than the Brewers so they if anyone's going to win a championship in the next two or three years it's probably going to be the Bucks.
1: Oh, you think so? So if I gave you even money to pick the Packers to win a Super Bowl or the Bucks to win a Finals the next couple of years, you'd take the Bucks. Easy. Interesting. I would give you. I would give you odds. Interesting.
11: I just and, and
1: I, I, I I just I think. I love Jordan Love. I think it is so. I, honestly, I think it's. I I think winning an NBA Finals is the hardest championship to win. Uh, between and I won't speak for hockey because I don't know. So the four American sports, I think between the NBA. The NFL and Major League Baseball, I think. In, I think an NBA Finals is the difficult, the most difficult championship to win. Honestly,
11: I, I agree. But we have the the biggest hurdle of that is having a bona fide superstar in your roster. Mm-hmm. We 100 percent have one in Giannis. Like I, I still believe that he's the best player in the NBA, and he's like in his prime, and we have him under contract for the next five years. We might have a, a second superstar in Dame. Who knows? He's going to tell us who he is in May.
3: Well,
1: so but I guess right now the silver lining with Damian Lillard is he isn't going to crash and burn in the playoffs because he can't play much worse than he has the last few weeks. So nowhere to go but up with Dame, which I guess is a, a silver lining and a little bit of an indictment. I I've also been as patient as anyone with Dame. Like I get it. He's moved cities. He went through a divorce, but. It's not early in the season. Like, we got, to, we do have to figure it out at some point.
11: I mean, the Lakers were 20-24 and 24 at this point last year, and they made it to the Western Conference Finals. They
1: also... They to- they, they, so, I, I agree with you. They also had it... Like, they made some pretty sizable moves at the deadline last year, and that team had already made a Finals. This team had... Well, as presently constituted this team hasn't made a Finals. With Giannis and Damon Middleton and Brooke. They did withdrew. This version of this team does not, I don't have proof of concept for the last couple of years of this team. Like I have proof of concept with the Celtics as bizarre as it seems. I don't have championship proof of concept with the Sixers, but I have it second round at the very least. I don't have anything to go on with this Bucks team, this combination of players at least. So that makes me more nervous than, than for example, the Lakers last year. Uh, That would be my pushback Q.
11: They've got three of the core four from the championship run and game is hungry and he's ready to prove the doubters wrong. I hope so. And that so. starts tomorrow night in the
1: three-point contest. If he wins the three-point contest Thanks tomorrow man. night, I'm going to be so pissed. on, on Why? Well, Actually, I take it back. If he wins the three-point contest tomorrow night, I won't care. I won't have an opinion on it, but it would just be too on the nose for him to shoot 28% from three so far in 2024 and then win the three-point contest tomorrow night.
11: I'm, I'm going to be so excited if he wins because that's my favorite team. And winning the three-point contest is a big deal. Uh, I got one last question for you Grant. Yeah. You've talked a lot about Lent this week. You haven't told us what you gave up.
1: <laughs> well that's that's between me and God Q. How does that How's that for an answer huh, Q? I uh what have I given up? Um shoot 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 shoot. I uh <laughs> You know what? I'll tell you on Monday. How does that sound? Maybe I'll t- <laughs> I might need the weekend cuz I didn't give up I I don't know. I haven't given up anything. Maybe I should. Wow, you're putting me on the spot, which I need which I'm I need.
11: I'm trying to give up all vices.
1: All? See, this goes yeah. back to what Vagabond John brought up yesterday with smart goals. We need to be specific, measurable, attainable, uh, realistic, and time-bound. Do you think all vices? You don't drink. What? Are, actually, don't tell me. That's private. I was going to say, what are you giving up? But you don't need to. Don't, gambling. don't, don't tell me that.
7: Yeah. All the things. All you can look things. it up. Uh,
1: so. Gambling.
11: I would say relaxing Greek again, but I can't remember how to say it so that's fine you nailed, it for you, yourself
1: you nailed it the first time. Thank you for your service. thanks for the cue call or the call queue cue call <laughs> All
11: right
1: see you Grant have a good weekend. yeah, you as well. Fins up Thanks for the thanks for the cue call. <laughs> it's not early. You can make every other argument that you made I could poke holes in it I you could poke holes in just about any sports argument. That's why sports talk and sports TV exist. Let's take it, you know what? Let's take our final break a little early. We'll come back and I'll wrap up with some NFL thoughts, some teams, some way too early predictions and thoughts for the NFL season next year.
0: This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network.
3: Not only going out to Wisconsin and the great Midwest, we're going around the world tonight, Parrothead.
1: Wisco Sports Show. Last couple of minutes for the week. Fins up. It's Friday. Next week, I'm excited for next week. Because next week, this felt like a tweener week. It's like We're wrapping up with football season. Baseball is starting, but not quite yet. The all-star break is looming, but we're not there yet. Next week, oh, 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 oh. Full, full throws of spring training. The NFL completely in the rearview mirror. The NBA All-Star break, full go. A little bit more clarity of what we're going to talk about next week, who we're going to talk to. I was arranging my little book of guests uh, for Bill's show earlier today, and I'm starting to look at some of the Badger basketball folks, some of the Brewers folks that we got to get in touch with, some of the NBA and NFL draft as the Combine's now just a couple weeks away as well. It's a lot to look forward to. Hit me up with a tweet at Grant if you want to sneak in something before the end of the show here. Probably done with the phones because I take a call and then we waste eight minutes quoting Tom Petty songs, and then the show's done. And you know, and that would be fine, but I, I've said all night it's like a couple teams I'm really excited about. I am in the NFC, there's two teams that I'm most excited about, and one of them's the Packers. And it's not that I'm a homer. In fact, I almost wish that I wasn't this excited. I almost wish I wasn't this jacked up about the Packers because I feel like I'm putting expectations and pressure on my team and on myself as a fan right which I don't like but I I gotta look at the facts I gotta look at the reality of the NFC next year the Cowboys are under the gun the Eagles are under the gun the Niners are kind of under the gun not in that Shanahan's on the hot seat but they're starting to feel the pressure after playoff shortcomings The Cowboys starting to feel the pressure after playoff shortcomings the Eagles starting to feel the pressure after some playoff shortcomings, it weighs on you. That's something we talked about on Wednesday night, right? Repeated playoff shortcomings. It starts to weigh on a team. And that's not something that I I see a lot of people or hear a lot of people in sports media talk about. I think it's an important element of trying to win a championship. And I think in the years to come it's gonna be more discussed. And I, I don't know who who pioneers that discussion in that field, if it's sports psychologists or if it's analytics or whatever. I, I don't know how it's I don't know how it's attacked but you can see the weight of previous playoff losses on the shoulders of Aaron Rodgers and the Packers late in their run in in the last decade. You can see it with the Bills now. You can see it with the Eagles. You can see it with the Cowboys. The Packers don't have that. They came up short last year, and they're frustrated, but I bet they're feeling angry, like we let that game get away. They don't have the weight of six playoff shortcomings on their shoulders, so they're relatively fresh. They're hungry. They don't have any scars from playoff failures past. Can't say that about the Niners or the Cowboys or the Eagles you you can say it about the Lions that they're playing pretty free and loose, but the Lions are losing members of their front office, losing members of their coaching staff. Now, I know they kept Ben Johnson, but the brain drain is going to be a real thing in Detroit, and they're going to be going up against a first-place schedule next year, which is why Dan Campbell, after the game, said, like, it was going to get harder. People are going to start attacking us. We're going to be the hunted, not the hunter, and for the first time in... I actually don't even know how many years. I don't even know the last date that the Lions won the division. The Lions are going to be playing a first place schedule, which makes their path to a better seed harder. The Packers' path does not get harder. The Packers are going to play a second place schedule. They were a wild card team last year, they didn't lose any of their coordinators. Their salary cap spot is improving. It's not getting worse, it's getting better. So the Packers have all of these reasons, extra draft picks to maneuver up and down the board to maybe acquire a veteran to help at this spot or that spot on the defense or the offense. The Packers are in an awesome spot going into next year. And that doesn't mean they need to win a Super Bowl, but God, I, (laughs) and it's nuts to consider where we were just back in October, but next year, things are really going to line up for him. The other team in the NFC I like a lot is the Rams. Because the Rams, you know, all this talk about the Packers, you know, youngest team to make the playoffs. The Rams were the second youngest. And they had as, as exciting and and, and as, I, I think, promising of a year as just about anybody in the NFL. Now they're going to have to get that defense figured out. The Rams draft and develop really well. Puka Nakua, Kyron Williams, Steve Avila, who we talked to at the Super Bowl, coincidentally, Right. I think Sean McVay is is brilliant and I've doubted him at times. I think his game management's got better. I don't think it's perfect, but it's gotten better. Much like Shanahan's Shanahan, not perfect, but better in the Super Bowl. He went for that fourth down. He wouldn't have done that in the past. Uh, So so becoming more woke as a coach. I say that tongue in cheek. Don't don't actually rewind. He's becoming sharper as a head coach going for more fourth downs. That's better. That's the language I should have used. I just like McVay. I like the Rams a lot. I think Packers, Rams, two of the more exciting teams. And if you can find value on them to bet the overs, uh, to bet postseason futures, division futures, whatever. I'm not saying I like the Rams to win their division, but the Seahawks don't scare me. The Cardinals, well, I think Kyler Murray is underrated. The Cardinals don't scare me. And man, I don't know what to expect with the Niners. Again, repeated playoff failures, especially Super Bowl losses. They can really, really weigh on a team. Look at the Eagles, right? And the Eagles have had fewer playoff failures, Super Bowl failures in recent years than the Niners have. The Niners are carrying more weight on their shoulders than just about anybody, maybe save for the Cowboys, but at least the Cowboys' playoff losses are in the divisional round, the wild card round. They're not making it to the Super Bowl overtime in the Super Bowl against Mahomes and coming up short. I really like the Rams, and I I really like the Packers. If they can nail a couple of picks this offseason and make a couple of smart decisions, maybe bring in a player here, cut loose a player here, scoot a player this way to that position or or, or back in the nickel, the outside corner, whatever it might be. Like I think the Packers have a golden opportunity next year. I really like the Packers. I really like the Rams. Around the rest of the NFC, I'm, I'm not quite sure. I don't know who's going to win the East next year. I'm tempted to pick the Cowboys. I know they won it this year. Nobody ever wins that division in back-to-back years, but Washington's too far away. A lot of question marks around the Eagles, and I don't even know what to do with the Giants. We'll talk more about this stuff next week. Maybe some early NFL predictions. Going to get hot and heavy with the Brewers as well. Really start to preview spring training in the 2024 season. Maybe we'll have this Gary Sanchez thing figured out by then. Who knows? At this moment in time, it it certainly doesn't seem likely, but who knows? A lot can happen over a weekend. Again, congrats, Keston Hero, for finding a home. Have a great weekend. I'll be back on Monday. Talk to you at 4.
9: You sure make a, a boy from Mississippi feel right at home